Storehouse Dallas. Thank you, Matthew. Good morning. How's everybody feeling today? Yeah, so it's beautiful weather today. It's not raining. Praise the Lord. Um, I know, but next week it's supposed to rain again. Let me get myself all organized here. Okay, so as you know, we have been covering a, a series on the kingdom wealth. And this hasn't just been about money, but it's been about the wealth of the word of God Um, And we've really focused on the seed, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more today. Um, But I wanted to um, just emphasize uh, some of what we have already covered, which I feel like are really important. We've really talked about how the Word of God will bring giants down. We've talked about how the Word of God will help to fulfill the destiny and the calling and the things that God has spoken over our lives. And how as we work with the Word... And we have the word in us and we work the word through us and we understand how to work the word, then the word will work for us. And so um, it's been, I feel like this has been such an amazing, um, not just series, but just teaching on the kingdom at this level has been so um, life-giving. And my goal It's not to stand up here and say, I just want to teach you the word, but my goal is that you would get a revelation of what this is and you would begin to actually apply it for your life. I want to give you the sword of the Lord so that you can stab the enemy through the heart and so you can um, advance to go on to victory. A lot of us have promises over our lives, and um, the closer that we get to the fulfillment of those promises, I will guarantee you, because it's biblical, that you're going to start to get resistance to those promises. And so you'll start to feel oppressing, and everything in your life will look the opposite, or like it's going in the opposite direction of what God has called you to do, right? Right? So that's where getting the word out and, and, and beginning to declare the word over what God has said, and it will begin to bring everything into the order of the kingdom, and everything has to move out of the way of the word. And I gave a couple of examples of how Jesus did this when he came. What did Jesus do? He came to fulfill the word, right? And so, for example, Jesus is on the cross, and he is... Um, and he's dying on the cross. Well, what happens is you've got uh, you've got the Roman soldiers, and they are throwing dice and uh, casting lots to see who's going to get his clothes. And we have to ask ourselves, why did that happen? Well, it happened because it was prophesied that it would happen two thousand years before. So we can be assured and we can have confidence that the word of God will, um, it is effective and it will go out and it will do what God said it would do no matter how long it takes. So they, here they are, Roman soldiers. They are casting lots for his clothes. Why? Because they're controlled by the word of God. The word of God will control the actions and the behavior of other people. 
And if this is offensive to you, you need to repent and get your mind into the kingdom and out of the world system because the good news is so much better than you can hope or imagine. Why did, why did, um, why did the Esquivels get a raise? Why? Why did they just, why did their income just go up 60%? Because of the word. Why did your boss come to you and say, I want, I want you to come work for me? Because she had to bow and her mind and her heart got into alignment with the word of God. If they had not been declaring the word of God, that would not have happened. But because they had the sword of the Lord and they continued to sow, uh, they continued to sow the seed, right? They continued to speak the word. What it did is it went out and it was effective. But before that happened, before Aisha got that raise and before she got that job offer, what happened is that they began to get resistance, and it began to look the opposite. And they're like, what are we going to do? Because this, isn't, this doesn't line up with what God said. But they took the word, they stayed in faith, and they began to proclaim the word. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. And so this morning is our seventh uh, installment on the Kingdom Wealth series. And I want to talk to you about um, the difference between having a poverty mindset, which is a fearful mindset, or a wealth mindset, which is a faith-filled mindset. Um, so the word is going to go through a filter. It's going to go through a filter. It doesn't go through no filter. It goes through you. You are the temple of God. It's going to go through the filter of your mind and the filter of your heart. And so what you believe and the things that you say are the direction that you'll go. We know that because the word tells us that. That our tongue is the smallest member of our body, yet it is like the rudder to the ship, and it will determine the direction of your life. And so it's like, I, I say this all the time, God, would you bridle my tongue so that I can be in alignment with what heaven is saying? So there are situations that Jesus tells us about that would try to create a fear-based response in order to get us into unbelief and not to follow the word. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, um, verse 13, and we're going to talk about uh, the, the parable of the sower of the seed. Mark 4, verse 13. And I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. Um, Mark 4, this parable in Mark 4 actually acts as a legend. You know what a legend is? Like a map legend, it tells you everything that's on the map. And so um, this word, it says in verse 13, I'm going to start there. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? And so he's saying to them, this is actually like a legend that is for all parables. So if you understand this parable, it will actually give you a key to all of the other par parables that I am speaking. And so we have to understand this parable and what he's saying here, because he's talking about a seed. And if we understand about the seed, then we can understand about all the other parables, and we can begin to understand the kingdom, okay? Um, so then he goes on to say, the sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside. So that's number one, the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. They hear 
They hear the word, the good news. They hear the good news that Jesus died for their sins and that he came to bring a new kingdom. But Satan immediately uh, comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones that are sown on the second condition, which is stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. How many of you receive a prophetic word? And you're like, this is amazing. God's going to prosper me. I'm going to do great things for the kingdom. He's called me to release a sound in the earth. And so you've got all of these promises and you're like so excited, right? So you receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves. So they endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So why does the persecution come? Look, the enemy doesn't give a flip about you. He does not care about you. What he cares is the word that you carry. And if he can keep you from not only uh, receiving, but releasing and achieving the word of God, then he knows that he has succeeded in keeping part of the kingdom in the earth. And so we're supposed to go to heaven, get what God has and bring it down to the earth, right? But if he can circumvent that and get us into fear, then he knows that he will not, that we will not release the words and achieve all that God has for us. Now, these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. All right, so these are the ones who are, uh, remember in Mark 10, a couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than a wealthy man to enter into the kingdom, right? Because the deceitfulness of riches will actually choke that out and each one of these conditions the the three conditions that I just listed, the reason that the word becomes unprofitable is because all three of those conditions, they fall back into fear. And so the word comes and the first condition, it's immediately stolen from them. Why? Because they didn't believe because of fear. They couldn't understand how the word would work. They didn't understand the kingdom. The second one, the word came and because they had to wait for the word and the persecution came, they got into fear and they didn't believe the word anymore. And so they let the word go. Okay. And the third, they got into, they, they had, uh, a love of money or the system of, of the earth and how the, the system of the earth develops money versus the way that the kingdom develops money. And we've talked about that over the last uh, seven weeks. And so I encourage you to go back and listen to those because I don't have time to go into it now. But anyway, then you've got the fourth condition. And these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word and accept it which means they receive it and they believe it. So they go, okay, God has spoken. This is truth. And not just do they go, oh yeah, that's right. But they actually then begin to speak the word out over themselves and they begin to use the word as a weapon to to slay the enemy, but also to create forward momentum in their lives so that they can achieve the word faster. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I don't understand why this word is not coming to pass. And most of the time it's because of us, not because, you know, like God is up in heaven going, well, I'm not going to give that to you yet. 
but we're the ones that cause our promises to pause. Um, okay, but these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and in Matthew 13, it says, understand it. They bear fruit, some 30-fold, 60, and some 100. All right, so how can it be that simple? How can the gospel be this good and how can the gospel be this simple? It is not complicated. It is all about the word. And see, in the charismatic community, I'm going to spank some people here, we think it's all about the presence and we think it's all about getting drunk in the spirit and we think it's all about, but it is literally, and it has never changed. Yes, the presence is amazing. The presence is wonderful. I love it when he shows up and I start shaking and I can feel the power of God on me and it's, it's, it, it is, it's wonderful. But it is all about the word. It will always be about the word. And it has always been about the word. And so we have to get the word in us. Not that we're people that go, oh, okay, well, I'm going to memorize the word. That's good to memorize the word. Um, but, it, but it's how to use the word. I've got to know how to use the word. Hebrews 4 says, when you hear his Voice, which means when you hear his word, do not harden your hearts like they did in the wilderness when they didn't trust his word or his way. A hard heart is actually based in fear. First comes the fear and then comes the control. See, this is what was happening with the Pharisees. Jesus came and he's talking to the Pharisees and he realized that he has some hard hearts there. He realized that they don't even acknowledge or they don't even know who he is. So they can't receive him. They can't believe him. So therefore, there's no way that they're going to be able to fulfill the calling and the destiny on their lives, right? And so what, what religion is and control these two things are based in fear, which is the opposite of faith. So they had a poverty mindset and they could not believe because they were so uh, steeped in fear and control. I have to control everything, which is why they kept taking Jesus to task over everything he did. You know, why are you healing people on Sunday? They wanted to kill him because they couldn't control him. And the thing about the, the spirit of the Lord is that there's so much freedom in it. When you begin to declare the word over your life, you'll notice how much freedom there is in it because there's no fear. Fear goes away. And like I said last week, I take these words and I read these words out loud over myself every day, sometimes several times during the day. And the reason that I do that is I'm strengthening my mind so that when the enemy comes in, he's got nothing in me. Because he comes in with a lie and he comes in to accuse me. But what do I say? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure I know your plans. <laughs> I immediately see it as counterfeit. Therefore, I can immediately take authority over it and push back on it with the word of God. God said X, Y, and Z. And he comes back and he's like, but you're never going to succeed. You're never going to win. Why would God choose you? 
I mean, you know, we all know those accusations, right? Same old thing, broken record, but da 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 The promises of God are not going to come to pass. You didn't hear God rightly. You didn't, all those prophecies are wrong. And so he comes in to chew on our ears. And that's when we get the word of God out and say, it is written and God said, bam. And what you do is you begin to push, 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 push. And before you know it, you're going to look up in three days and those uh, promises will be resurrected. All right, so there's still a promised land and a place of rest for you today because he told us in Hebrews 4 that there's still a place available for us to enter into his rest. And if you're still alive and breathing and listening to this message, I'm telling you, there is still a place of rest for you. The children of Israel were freed from bondage of Egypt, baptized in the Red Sea. They crossed over. They were fed through miracles from heaven and, a, and water that came from a rock. And they get to the edge of the promised land. God said, let me show you who I am. Let me show you how good I am. Every single one of us have experienced that level of goodness from God. He saved us out of our Egyptian prison. And then he began to feed us in our immaturity to grow us up so that we would say, wait a minute, what you're saying is true. And he began to show us, you can trust me. You can trust me. You can trust me. I'm a good father. I love you. I'm a good dad. I'm going to provide for you. Even in the wilderness, I'm going to feed you in that place. And so we begin to go, oh, wait a minute. God is good. And he has good for me. And a good father doesn't lie. And so I'm going to believe what he says. And I'm just going to stand on that. No matter what comes. His goal then and his goal now is that we would know who he is, we would trust his word, and we would trust his ways. Everything that he's done in your life, it's his kindness that leads us into repentance. It's his kindness that says, change your mind. I'm not who you think I am. Change your mind. I'm not like your earthly father. Change your mind. My system is not like the system of the earth. Everything about him is supernatural. Everything. And he's looking for a people who want to do miracles with him and want to have fun. He's looking for a people who are wanting to run as far and as high and as wide as, as we can. And who will believe him for the impossible. He's returning for a bride that looks like him. Now, I want to take you to Revelation 19, verse 7. Revelation 19, verse 7. It should be up on the screens. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints and the righteous acts of the saints are those who follow his words believe his words and uh in revelation 19 verse 11 through 14 
Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dripped in blood and his name is called the word of God. And his armies and the armies of heaven in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. And so he is with his bride. He's with the one that looks like him. He's with the one that has the word of God written on her. The one who has become one with the word. The one who has faith and has a wealth mindset. Who believes no matter what comes against you, you will stand in that place saying, I'm not moving from this place And I declare, you are moving and you're getting out of my way. And a a, a company of people that will stand and when you've got crazy things happening in the government and you've got crazy things happening in Hollywood and you've got crazy things happening in your own finances, what do you do? You get out the sword of the Lord and you begin to stab that demon in the gut so that he dies and your promises can come to pass. And so we've got to get the word out of reading it, and we've got to get the prophetic, not, not only the, the word of God, but the prophetic, and begin to speak the prophetic. He said, Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, I want you to war with the prophetic. War with the prophetic. You advance through my word. You are advanced through my word. So God is a supernatural God looking for a supernatural people who believe in an impossible lifestyle and who are comfortable living an impossible lifestyle. We're all like, yeah, I want to see miracles. And he's like, okay, well, let me strip you of everything that you have so you can multiply food. Or see Samuel's pants be multiplied in the dryer. You know, it's incredible the, the, the most miracles I've seen is when I really needed them. I'm like, okay, I'm out of food. Now's a good time, right? All right, he is looking for these three attributes, as I said. Trust who he is, trust his word, and trust his way. So there's something that happens between the word and you that makes you an image bearer or a bride ready for the return of Jesus we actually are called to become one with his word. And you know, it's interesting because how many of you pray, um, like you actually pray and say Psalm 91? Like you'll get it out and you'll read it. Well, Psalm 91 is amazing. But Psalm 91 is basically, again, it's a legend. It's a legend to a map. Just like Matthew 6 is a legend when we, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's an instruction on how to pray. Psalm 91 is an instruction on how to abide. Because he said, those who 
dwell in the secret places will abide, meaning those who pray will actually get my word and they'll learn how to become one with my word. And in doing so, no enemy will stand against them. No pestilence will come near your tent. And you, in fact, will rise in authority and begin to take dominion and authority over your circumstances. And God will begin to promote us. And so he's talking about how do we abide with him? How do we dwell with him? How are we hidden under the shadow of his wings? Uh, Turn in your Bibles to uh, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Because he tells us here, Hebrews 11, verse 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So he's saying faith there, then the word substance, I wanna, I wanna go there because it's so exciting to me. I've had the most amazing download from the Lord. I can't wait to share it. So, he, so, so the word substance means hypostasis, which is a foundation or that which has actual existence. Substance is tangible. It has an existence. It is a foundation that is steadfast of mind, courage, and resolution. It's the underlying substance and is the fundamental reality that supports everything. Faith is the very thing that is needed for the word of God to achieve what it goes out to achieve. Jesus himself said, when I come back on the earth, will I find faith? Meaning, will I find those that look like me? Meaning, will I find those who have been faithful and true and have the word of God in them? Is our name going to be, I have the word of God in me. I have become one with the word. And so, uh, Hypostasis also means hypostatic union, which means, the, and it, it applies to Jesus, it means the word has now become one with the flesh. The word has now substance. The substance of faith means that the word has now become one with the flesh. The divine has now united with the human. How do we become united and one? How does the word of God become one with you? Because here's what he's coming back for. This word of God that we love so much, it isn't just a bunch of stories. It, it, it is, which is wonderful. I love Noah's Ark. I talk to my grandkids about it all the time. I love the stories of God. It isn't just love letters. It isn't just principles. It isn't just a sword of the Lord, but it is actually something that we are supposed to become one with. We're actually supposed to be united with the word of God, that that the word of God would come and be one with our flesh. And in that, we have become like him. Ephesians 4.13 says this, that we would have the, uh, before 14, uh, before uh, verse 13, 
it says that we would be we would have the fivefold ministry given to the church until there has an until moment. We are in, I am telling you, beloved, we are in an until moment in the church. We are in a huge shift. Mike Bickle has just said something is shifting in the body of Christ. The word of God is entering into his people, and his people are laying hold of the word of God. That the revelation of this truth has been in the heart of God and he's releasing it into the last generation. And as we apprehend it, we will begin to take every mountain, every mountain, all seven mountains will become ours. Ephesians 4.13, until we all come to the unity of the faith, the unity of the faith, until we all come to the unity with the word of God that we believe it with our whole hearts. Oh, it's so good. He says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We live by this kind of faith of the Son of God. That we are united with the word. And you may be asking yourself, okay, well, this all sounds good, but how do I do that? <laughs> right? <laughs> what? When I hear from heaven, I speak what I hear. I say what I hear. And when I say what I hear, and I say it, and I say it, and I say it, and I declare it, and I declare it, I declare it. If any of you have been around me when I'm in this prayer room, I am, I am listening. I catch the word. And then I speak and declare what I catch. And I begin to say it. And then I say it. And then I say it. And then what happens is I, if, if I get that word in two or three like when prophets come to me or people call me or I have a dream or it's, it begins to create a swirl and a story, I know that it's mine. And I write it down and I hold on to it and I speak it and I speak it and I speak it. And let me tell you something. Every single time this word comes to you, it will be something that makes you laugh. Because you'll be like, right, that's going to happen. I don't think so. Because nothing in your life lines up with the word. But it's more than you can hope or imagine. That's why. Because it's more than you can hope or imagine. You can't even comprehend what God has prepared for you. So you might as well quit trying. All you have to do is say what he says. And you say it and you say it and you say it. The word and the flesh have become one in you, creating the substance that makes what you say happen. Who's offended? Right? It's like, it can't be that easy. But wait, I've got to toil and I've got I've to I've do this. It's up to me. Wait, it can't be as easy as just saying what God says. And then that everything begins to line up. What? Now, I will tell you, it does take a lot of courage because He's trying to train us to be champions, and so he takes you to the very edge of the cliff, and then he kind of pushes you off, and you're in a free fall, and at the last minute before you hit the ground, all of a sudden you sprout wings, and you begin to fly. 
<laughs> if you don't give up. <laughs> Been there. <sighs> All right, so living in the kingdom requires these four things. Number one, prayer to access words and pictures. So you got to go to prayer. If you don't go to prayer, here's the thing. If you don't pray, you're not going to have faith. If you don't pray, if you don't declare that word over your brain, I'm telling you, the new pathways in your brain will not be formed. And you will believe what the enemy says to you, and you will draw back in fear instead of being bold in faith. Remember, Jesus said, the enemy doesn't have anything in me, which means that his mind was so connected to the word of God that it couldn't get a stronghold in him and get him to pull back in fear. Number two, uh, faith to believe, receive his words or command. So you've got to receive it, you've got to believe it, and you've got to begin, and three, you've got to begin to speak his words and follow his commands. So you begin to speak the words, and what happens is everything, you'll see what happened. If Aisha's boss, like, called her up, she's been speaking the word. She's been speaking the word. So what happens is then the word begins to create open doors. So the open door comes, and now it's her job to walk through the door. She spoke it. She stood on it. Well, first she received it in prayer. They knew that God had more than, uh, more than enough for us. More than enough. And we've got to start thinking like wealthy people. You're supposed to be buying hospitals. We're supposed to be building houses for women caught in sex slavery. We're supposed to be the ones that are funding the kingdom. We're supposed to be pouring out the wealth to begin to, uh, to, begin to um, fund ministries, feed the poor. It's all on us, right? It's not on the government. All right. Number four, we have to have the patience to endure, to overcome, to stand on the word when we have to wait for the fulfillment of the promise of what he said. But I can tell you that if you will speak the word, your promise, your wilderness time will be shortened. Keep saying the word, keep saying the word, keep saying the word. It looks foolish to those that are perishing. I can't tell you how much resistance I've had through the years of people saying, uh, you're a woman. It's not going to happen. You, you know, I'm like, I, yeah, hey, I agree with you. I am a woman. But God said, therefore, it's going to happen. And I'm just following him. And you can take it up with him, you know. The other thing, well, you know, you don't have any money. Or you don't have enough this. Or you don't have enough that. Or you don't have a, right? The laundry list is long of all of the reasons why we are unqualified to be doing the things that God has called us to do. So just... Don't even listen to that stinking liar because God said, and that's all we need. Are y'all okay? All right. So we have more of these books for you. These are prayer books, and I want to read to you some of the things that I read over myself, okay? By the way, can we just thank Shondell for printing these out? Where is she? We love you, Shondell. And can we just thank Rob um, Hatch, who made all of this for us? He designed the whole thing. 
Teamwork. All right. Hold on. Here we go. So this is what I do. And this is all in first person, so it makes it easy. There are also places in here um, for you to write all of your own personal promises, okay? So it's not just about the what who God says that you are in the word, but you also have your own prophetic promises and you have your own promises in the word. All right. Thank you, Lord, for filling me with your Holy Spirit and granting me all boldness to speak your words and be a witness with great power and great authority. Thank you, Father, for giving me a spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, the spirit of the Lord and the fear of the Lord so that I can bear fruit a hundredfold. Thank you, Father, that I will rebuild your temple and I will be filled with your glory, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit and all obstacles before me shall become a plain with shouts of grace, grace. Father, thank you for blessing me this day and making me a signet ring with governmental authority that I will preach the kingdom of heaven, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and freely give. Thank you, Father, that, hold on, that, thank you, Father, for double honor, and I will rejoice in the portion of my land, and I shall possess double, and everlasting joy will be mine. This goes on and on and on. And so what happens is when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Lord raises up a banner on your behalf. That banner, guys, it's the word. It's the word. And so, again, why is it that I could speak to the storm and cause the storm to come down? It never even thought to me. It never even came into my mind that I couldn't control the weather. Right? This is who we are. But what happened is I had been reading the word over my mind and I had created pathways in my mind and those pathways have a yes and amen on them and they are filled with faith. So therefore, anything that comes against it can't stand. Isn't that exciting? The word of God works. It always works. This is who the kingdom people are called to be. This is who the glorious sons and daughters of the most high God, this is who the bride of Christ will be. We will look like him, have the word of God in us, know how to wield the word of God and begin to advance his kingdom in the earth without getting uh, slaughtered in the battle. Amen. All right. So let's, uh, let's stand. And I want to lead us in a time of repentance to get out of the the ways of the earth or the kingdom of this age is what the Bible calls it, so that we can begin to tap into this kingdom wealth, not just money, but also uh, signs, wonders, and miracles, and um, and it, it touches. It'll touch everything. It touches relationships. It touches your health. I mean, you get the word in you regarding your health. You begin to speak to those things, and those things will begin to come down. I have testimony after testimony. If you've been inspired by this message, we invite you to partner with us by visiting storehousedallas.com forward slash give.